the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. In the next hour, with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land. It's not a war over territories. But it is a war to capture and influence the hearts and minds of our society. It is a cultural war. Tonight, we bring you Part 8B in our series talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction, a direction away from God and a direction away from our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned. But we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, I'm glad you're back from your world tour. I know you have many a story to tell from your experience. Amen, brother. I can write a famous book on that. (laughs) Amen. Amen. We went all the way across the world to Texas. (laughs) That's right. Uh, God's country, God's country, Texas, Houston, Texas. Well, I'm glad to be back and glad to be on the saddle for Continuing for the Faith. And thank you, Brother Gary, for that wonderful, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And uh, we've been uh, talking about uh, a lot of things about the current uh, current issues that we face today, and we are committed to giving reasons and answers for our Christian faith, and that's what it tells in First Peter three and fifteen. And so we are faithful to that with contending for the faith, and we trust that you'll get your pens and paper and Bibles and take notes and uh, be blessed uh, tonight. And uh, I want to say this that uh, by way of introduction, because we are talking about now the transgenderism, I call it the cult of transgenderism. And it is a cult, and 
uh, in many ways. Uh, the leaders are cultic in their mentality and the way they control people. And the followers are duped by the cultic thinking. And it's, uh, and you know, and they deny uh, what the Bible says and uh, who the God of the Bible is and Jesus Christ. So uh, a lot of times people don't refer it to a cult, but when you see all these things that they're doing similar to cults, we got to define them as that. Now, uh, there was an issue that uh, recently happened, and this is a challenge upon uh, the Christian church and uh, parents, because if we don't put our foot down in the name of Jesus, the stuff will get worse and worse and worse. So it's not only the parents stepping up to the plate, but the Christian church uh, joining in with the parents. And how often do we say that, uh, you know, that uh, there is a war on our children and they're the future generation, our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We got to protect them from the evil one in the name of Jesus and how the natural uh, left is grooming our children and they are doing this under the skies of using drag queens to perform in front of children, paying them money uh, to uh, perform sexual acts in front of them. They had a incident recently in, uh, I think it was Carolina, where some drag queens that went to a uh, park and was uh, performing sexual type acts in front of the children and people in the area. And uh, one leader, conservative leader, told his legislators about this, and they shut it down and immediately. So the legislators, the ones, the two, that we got to speak up to, and the Christian church, and also parents. And if we be silent, they're going to continue to grow in the parks, in the public parks, schools, libraries, and uh, many other areas, you know, and uh, we got to fight in the name of Jesus against this evil in our world. Now, <clears throat> so uh, I had said uh, uh, last time some important things about this subject matter, but let me say this as well by way of introduction. There is one thing that the devil is attacking uh, to uh, try to affect the God by which we serve. And one of the major ways that he affects God is attacking the Imago Dei, the very image and likeness by which God has created mankind in his image and his likeness. So the enemy right now is attacking the Imago Dei, the very likeness and image by which God has made man. He wants to change man from masculinity to femininity and vice versa. And and I did a uh, conference uh, workshop many years ago for men in Kansas, uh, you know, and it was a tremendous conference there in Kansas. Uh, and a revival broke out. I did it for three days and revival broke out because God used me to minister to those men. And... Uh, when I got into the subject of Satan attacking the masculinity and femininity of men and women and distorting the design by which God has made man and uh, in his image and likeness, 
that the, the pastor broke down and started crying. Men started crying uh, and revival broke out. That's what I heard uh, in Kansas. And I was so blessed to see and hear about that happening. Now, uh, I said last time, uh, there are five uh, things every Christian must know about the transgender debate today. And last time I mentioned number one, and the transgender issues is not biological, it's behavioral. And the Bible is very clear that you are not born transgender, but a person choose to change their gender from the natural to the unnatural, according to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1. And it starts with these two uh, Ps from Romans chapter 1. If you go in that direction, you're going to fall into the first P, which is perversion. And then the second P, you're going to experience the penalty and the judgment of God. Now, we need to look at this B over all those other Bs, and that is the Bible. The Bible needs to govern our thoughts and our intentions and our ideas and everything else. Now, number two, um, number two, a man that God created in his image and likeness cannot become a woman, and a woman cannot become man. Uh, that is the Bible. That is not Buckman. That's the Bible. This is one of the major reasons why homosexuals, lesbians, and transgenders hate the Bible and deny its teaching on this subject because it hits them right between the eyes on the subject. We see this in Genesis, you know, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image uh, after our likeness. And then Genesis 1 and 27, God created man in his image and his likeness of God, created he him, male and female created he them. Now, and then Jesus pivots off of this in Mark 10 and 6, but from the beginning uh, created, uh, that he created, God made them male and female. Now, the biggest claim of transgender movement is that a man who thinks he is a woman can really be a woman and vice versa. You see this in many ways from uh, these preferred pronouns, sex reassignment, surgeries and demands to use the restrooms uh, under transgender different names. Now, the big problem is that this is philosophical demonic argument and claim that is not true and can never be true in any way or shape or form. Uh, a, a man's biological chromosomes, uh, that's an interesting to mention biological chromosomes, cannot be engineered into a female chromosome by any man or by an evil scientist. Uh, and trying to alter one's appearance cosmetically or surgically cannot change the underlying reality of a person's biological makeup, the way God originally made man and woman in his own image. According to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, you cannot change the natural into the unnatural, even if you try to do that. They're even getting so crazy that some of these men are putting pillows under their shirts to make themselves look like they're pregnant. Now, see, this is getting to the state of the penalty 
uh, and the perversion because you get into the area of graduating into a reprobate mind when you start to think like that. Now, the psychology of the mind cannot override the facts of a person's biological uh, make makeup. The transgender revolution demands that we believe demonic falsehoods about human nature that is contrary to what God says in his word. The truth and a lie cannot work together in harmony. And you know, and Jesus said in John 8 and 44, he says, Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. Behind their thinking that they can be this way, contrary to God's word, contrary to God's spirit, contrary to what God says, is the devil feeding them lies because he's the father of all lies. And we need to make a critical note of that. Now, um, lastly, according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, he says, and he warns those who practice these immoral lifestyles that they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You better confess and repent of this lifestyle or you will go to hell. Now, I'm not saying it. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. You know, I did a teaching one time on uh, different ways to not inherit the kingdom of God. And one of the major ways to not inherit the kingdom of God is to live a sexual immoral life and don't repent of that lifestyle and surrender your life over to Jesus as king and ruler of your life. Most people, I would say, well, now listen to this stat. And I'm not just talking about homosexuals. I'm talking about heterosexuals, too. Drunkards and all sorts of people gambling and pornography and all this stuff. Do you not know about 95%, 90 to 95% of most people in churches and outside the churches don't want to surrender to Jesus as king, submit to him as king and ruler. And that's why he said many in Matthew 7, many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and do that? And he will profess to them, I never knew you because you didn't do the will of my father. You know what you need to do? I challenge everybody listening to me, get yourself a Young's or Strong's analytical concordance and go through every word that has the will of God, W-I-L-L, -L. study it. Because Jesus said a lot of people will not enter into heaven because they didn't do the will of my Father in heaven. You say, well, I go to church every Sunday. You go to church every Sunday and die and still go to hell. You say, well, I read my Bible. You can still read your Bible and go to hell, my friend. You better read the Bible and do what the Bible says, and you better go to church and do what Jesus says, because you can be uh, informed but not transformed. You can have your name on the church list but not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can have religion up to your teeth and not a relationship. Dear Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that somebody out there listening to this message will come to the spirit of confession and repentance and accept you as King and Lord of their lives. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We wanna hear from you. We'll be right back with more 
of contending for the faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. And speaking of prayer, we we just want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. It is a prayer-driven ministry for sure. It is a prayer-driven ministry for sure. So we want to make sure that uh, we thank you appropriately. And also we want to thank those of you who have over the many, many years sacrificially given and donated to Contending for the Faith. Uh, It is so important. We need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. Uh, There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Uh, Just simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. It's that simple and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, Dr. Buckner, we've got a lot of calls lined up. You ready to uh, take them on? Uh, Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, we have Sophia at the top of the hour. Yeah, how are you doing, Sophia? Oh, I'm I'm wonderful. I'm going to talk fast because I hear there are a lot of people. But I wanted to say that the reason I listen to you so much, Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary, is what you don't tell people what they want to hear. You tell them what they need to hear. And what you just said about that was so sobering. And let me tell you, anybody who heard what you just said, and they don't have the fear of God in them, then they're not, they have to question their faith, because that was really intense. But people need to hear that. It's not enough to just, as you say, go to church. Much more than that. But that was that's scary. If you're not scared, if you don't have the fear of God in you, then you have to question your faith. But I just want to thank you for always being true to the word, not just kind about what people want to hear. A lot of pastors just want to tell you, oh, to make you feel good when you leave, but that's not what we need. So thank you so much. Amen to that. You know, you're so right about that. And we believe, well, we're committed to uh, doing what Jesus said. Jesus said, the truth will make you free. And we are faithful to uh, giving people the truth, whether they like it or not, because we know ultimately it's going to make them free. A lie is going to keep them as a slave and sin and can uh, make them lose their soul for all eternity. So uh, I appreciate those encouraging words, and we always appreciate that from you. And you have a question as well? Yes, I do have a question. I was going to tell you a story I don't think I have time about the transgender thing, but maybe I'll save it for another time because it is scary. But um, my question is, although I want to tell you, but I'll get right to my question. My question is a very confused because, you know, the, when, when we die, 
they say, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So when Jesus was on the cross and he died, we know he died on the cross, there's no question about that. But when did he take on our sins? Now some people say, if you say that was he separated when he died uh, from his body, and so he took the sins on, some people say he went to hell, and, and some people say he took it in the tomb. When is there something in the Bible that would clarify when he, when he you know, I, I don't know how to explain it. I hope you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, uh, the at the point of the cross itself, when he mm-hmm. uh, was on the cross, uh, that is when he took away our sins. And this was prophesied uh, in the Old Testament. So what you want to do is also look at Isaiah 52, 53, uh, and it, it talks about he was wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquities, and God has laid upon him the iniquities of us all. So when it talks about that in Isaiah 53, which you should do an exhaustive study of it, Isaiah, which is like a, a form of the Gospels, Old Testament form of the Gospel of John, because he constantly is saying, I am all over the place. And John says, I am about 23 times in the Gospel of John. But Isaiah is prophesying the cross and everything like that before Jesus, about 500 years or so before Jesus came. And he literally uh, says that, you know, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, and God had laid upon him the iniquities of. So at the cross is when he uh, was took our sins upon him at the cross, and that's what Isaiah is saying. Uh, and you'll get a real good, clear uh, clarification of that. And then uh, you have to put that together with even uh, Jesus on the cross, looking at his enemies and saying, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Mm-hmm. So. Even at that point, you know, that was coming into play. But confession must be a, a, an important part of the sins being taken away. So at the cross is when Jesus had forgiven us of our sins because he laid at the cross. God laid all of our sins up on him. And, and but we must do this in order for it to be activated. It's there as a forgiven thing. But if we don't confess our sins uh, and believe that he died on the cross for our sins, it cannot be activated. So that's why you look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. I always have all of my students when I'm teaching in the seminary and in my church to memorize this scripture in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So even though he died on the cross for our sins, it's not activated until one confess their sins, because if they don't confess their sins and repent of sin, then uh, the punishment is still upon them. He took the punishment at the cross, you know, that's why he says, pass this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. The cup 
a lot of people misinterpret what that cup means. The cup means this. You do a study in the Old Testament of the cup. God always would mention in the Old Testament the cup being the cup of God's wrath and indignation. And then in Revelation, it talks about the cup of God's wrath and indignation. So Christ took the punishment for our sins on the cross. He took the full blow. But if we ignore it and we don't confess our sins and don't repent, then the blow is going to come to us. Now, one more note on this that's important. If you look at, do a study of the book of Acts, there are three things that the early church always preached, and we must preach that. And this is the thing that made Billy Graham, the late great evangelist Billy Graham, so well known and God blessed him. He just gave a simple message on, uh, you know, repent. He said, actually, you know, believe the death, burial, and resurrection. That was the three things that Billy Graham always preached on, and that was the thing that the early church did. They always would preach in the book of Acts the death, burial, and resurrection. And they said, believe on this and you'll be saved, because they knew that at the point of Christ's death at the cross, sins were forgiven. So today, we don't hear enough of that. On the, the death, burial, and resurrection, we got to preach those three things because that's the only way one is going to have salvation. And that salvation is mentioned through doing that in Romans 10, 9 and 10, and 1 John 1 and 9. And we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because he took the blow at the cross. And it's all at the cross. Uh, when he said to Telestine, it's finished. It means it's finished. He did the work at the cross when he when he said to tell us that. So hopefully that helps. I kind of went into it a little bit deeper, but hopefully that, that helps. And Dr. Buckner, can I add one more thing? Oh, please do. Okay. You know, in Matthew 27, 46, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because most theologians believe at that point, the sins of the world were upon him, so the father could not look at him. He had to turn away for that moment. That was the first time Jesus was ever separated uh, from the father. And so when you ask the question, when, when were the sins of, of the world put on him? I think that's a good indicator that that moment was when it happened. Absolutely. Amen. Well, hopefully this is giving you some additional insight, uh, Sister Sophia, and we pray that you got blessed by that. Well, I just want to say quickly, absolutely, I have never heard a more distinct, that's not the word, clearer explanation. That word that you used, Dr. Burke, and thank you for that, Brother Gary, that hit, hit right where I was going. But let me tell you, the word that you used, Dr. Buckner, really brought it to a level we can understand the word activated that just really hits home with me we are a partnership we can't we we have a part in it he took our sins but activated that was brilliant that really was understandable and god bless you for that amen to that and what gary was saying i want to just add one more thing to what gary's saying uh that uh because a good point too and and when he was separated and, 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 you know, some theologians will go as far as even saying that, you know, he was abandoned by his father, he separated, 
but really when you look at Isaiah uh, and you do a thorough study of the book of Isaiah uh, and you get into 52 through 53, it's like uh, he would say that, he, you know, the sins, the transgression was upon his son. And then yet he would say something like, you know, it came upon him, but no way would he forsake his son so completely. So it was like a moment experience from Jesus filling that, that filling uh, deep down inside himself because he was human. And uh, so the father couldn't look at him, as Gary was saying, couldn't look at the sins that was upon him. But at the same time, the father could never forsake his son uh, and, and, and separate completely from him because he was, he was God and man. So I think a lot of theologians have to bring that balanced piece to it as well. So I wanted to just mm-hmm. uh, make that clear on that side of it as well. Well, God well, thank bless you, you both, and, and God, thank you for contending for the faith. Uh, it, it's so fabulous. Anyway, God, God bless you both, and good night. A good night, and God bless you as well. Thank you for your call. Okay. All righty. Uh, we, where are we at, Brother Gary? We, need to uh, we have time to, to uh, bring Brother Rick on. Brother Rick, how you doing? I am blessed, Dr. Buckner. How about yourself? Brother, we are truly blessed just having an awesome time and a good time with... Uh, Sophia and her question, and we know that you got a good one as well. And what's what's on your heart, my brother? I want, I want to ask a very interesting question. We've heard about dispensationalism, and we consider it uh, that there were two Gospels that were passed. One, one was passed to the Jews, and one was passed to the uh, Gentiles. Where in the Scriptures does Paul refute the, this dispensational point of view? That's a very good question, uh, Brother Rick. And um, let me just say this for clarification, that uh, we believe that there's only one gospel, but when you deal with the dispensational movement that started in the early 1800s under Charles Nelson Darby, you know, that uh, they had taught that there was one gospel that that Jesus preached that was the gospel of, of the kingdom to the Jews. And then they said that there was another gospel that um, God gave to Paul for the Gentiles. Now, Paul debunks that whole argument when you look at, uh, I believe it's um, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and... uh, I'm encouraging people to look at that. First uh, Timothy chapter six and verses three and four. And it says there, if any man teach otherwise or consent not to the wholesome words, even to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine, which is according to the godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doubting, doubting about questions and strife or words Whereof cometh envy, strife, and railing, and evil submissions. So this is uh, this is Paul saying here that he agrees 
with the gospel of Jesus Christ, because he said, is anyone teach any anything otherwise and consent not to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ? He, he goes as far as saying he knows nothing. So Paul was preaching some other gospel other than what Jesus taught, then he knows nothing. So Paul debunks that whole argument right there. And uh, I did study on this a while back. And so your question fits right into this because I've had another person ask me this a while back and they were so blessed by this uh, question, uh, the answer that I gave them from Timothy, Paul giving to Timothy as a young minister because he was up against that stuff too. They were trying to separate the, the two go the gospel into two categories. No, it's only one kerygma. The Greek word for gospel is kerygma, only one gospel, and that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul taught that, and the early church taught that, and they didn't separate the two. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. Amen. I mean, the only thing, the only thing I understand what Paul did was Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles. He didn't preach anything different. He was the first one called to preach to the Gentiles. Yeah, and to preach to the Gentiles the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that's what Jesus... It's the same gospel no matter what. You, you remember the, when other, you, the other thing that comes to my mind is that there is neither Jew nor Greek, nor male or new, female, or slave or free. Mm -hmm. We are all one in the Lord. Right. Very good point. Very good point. And you know, when he knocked him off of that ride, when he's going on the road of Damascus, he simply told him, you know, uh, I've called you. He, Jesus said, I'll call you to go for me uh, to kings and princes. and leave. So he went on behalf of what Jesus told him to do, not behalf upon some other type of gospel or dispensationalism nonsense. So yeah. thank you, Rick. Uh, uh, you know, if you hold on, do you have you? I'm sure you have some uh, prayer requests. If you yep. hold on, we need to go to a commercial break. We'll come back and go into prayer for prayer requests for you. Yes, okay, we need good. to take that commercial break right now. Our phone lines are open, and we do want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, this is a prayer-driven ministry. Uh, without your prayers, we know we wouldn't be on the air as long as we've been. And we can't thank you enough for those consistent prayers that go up for Contending for the Faith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In addition to that, we want to thank all of you who have been so generous to partner with us financially here and to give to this ministry. It's so vital. Uh, it's a listener supported ministry and your support keeps us going. And so we thank you as well for that. There's two ways that you can donate, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, 
Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. And you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, let's get back to uh, Brother Rick. Still there? I'm still here. All right, Brother Rick, appreciate your patience and there. And I, just want, I just want to say one thing. One thing I really appreciate is that you go straight to Genesis to get us to accept the truth. Amen, Brother. And, and either, we are, either we are male or female, or we ain't. Mm-hmm. So, so it's one or the other. That is so, so true. It, it, so, 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 what, what, what do you? What, there's, 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 a, there's a situation called denial. People want to, people want to go, go into the delusions. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's what it's really all about right now. We're, we're either being deceived. We hear, we hear a lot of, we hear a lot of stuff from the world, like from Time and Newsweek magazine when they said that. It is it is an innate quality being homosexual, mm-hmm. and a lot of people buy into that stuff. And, yes. and and when I read when I read the article the first time, I'm saying where do you get where do you get your information from? Mm-hmm. And the the information is irrational. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's bad science. It, it's all those—it's all those bad things that Satan deceives us with. We think we're being rational, but we're being irrational. And God, yeah. God, God was telling us the truth all the way from the beginning. And it's a, it's a question whether we accept it or don't accept it. Yeah, that's so true, and that's why I was saying that uh, Jesus said in John eight and forty four that Satan is a liar. He lied to Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden, and has been lying to the human race ever since. And the greatest thing that he's attacking today is the Amon day. Well, what's on your heart regarding uh, prayer requests? Prayer requests, uh, continue to pray for my health, continue to pray for strength, and continue continue that I, ha- I, I have the energy to carry on on a day-by-day basis, especially when I start going back to church again. I'm, I'm praying for that. I'm praying for that extra strength. Amen. Well, let's right. pray. Lord, Amen. we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray for that extra strength right now. We, we know that, that uh, you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. And Lord God, we all need your strength. We don't want to rely upon our feeble efforts. But Lord God, we know that it's you that strengthens us. And so we pray that you would give Brother Rick that strength that he needs on a daily basis to do the things that he needs to do. And Lord God, strengthen him not only in his physical man, but strengthen him in his spiritual man, strengthen him in his emotional man, that he, Lord God, would always have a great attitude and joy in his heart, Lord God, that you would continue to bless him with the joy of the Lord, that you continue to motivate him to continue to do the work that you've called him to do. As long as he's on planet Earth, you have a purpose for his life. And Lord God, I pray that you continue to bless Brother Rick to walk in your purposes. Your word says that that good thing you started in him, 
you're going to be faithful to bring it to completion. And so we just advance for all that you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Uh, brother. Rick. Thank you. Appreciate your, appreciate your call and your comments as well as your uh, question as well. Well, brother Gary, I guess I should uh, respond to uh, Jermaine's uh, thoughts. He wanted to know uh, about uh, the, the, you know, the differences between uh, the gospel from the Christian perspective and the Mormon point of view. And let me just say this in a nutshell. Uh, I would recommend definitely uh, getting the the uh, Kingdom of the Cults book by uh, Walter Martin uh, because uh, he was my mentor and teacher, and he does a real thorough teaching on not only the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and many other cults. So I recommend every Christian getting the Kingdom of the Cults by Dr. Walter Martin. Uh, just to give you a Reader's Digest condensation of Mormonism, I want to say this, that Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, and Brigham Young, and all the leaders after that uh, are uh, and were and uh, were cultic leaders, and they were false teachers, and they taught, taught false doctrine. And I'm going to give you an example. They taught that in, in the belief in many gods that... Uh, they also can become gods themselves. Uh, they also uh, taught against uh, the Christian church, and they said that the Christian church uh, was not the true church, uh, that they were the restored church. They also taught that Jesus was uh, the spirit brother of Lucifer before he came into the world. They believe that you're saved by works and not by grace through faith, as Paul talked about in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Uh, they also deny the virgin birth, because in the Journal of Discourses, I'm saying all this by memory because I've studied this stuff over 51 years, that in the Journal of Discourses, that's an additional book, because the Mormons don't believe in the Bible alone. They have the Book of Mormon, the Prophet, Price, the Doctrine, and Covenant, and the Bible is right insofar as it doesn't contradict their books, their other books. So they uh, teach in the Journal of Discourses, which is additional writings of the, the prophets, their so-called prophets. They taught that Adam God, this is what Brigham Young taught, that Adam God uh, pre-existed before he came in the world, and that he ended up uh, having, when he came into the world, he ended up having sex with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and that's how Jesus was born. People say, they don't teach that, do they? Well, get the Journal of Discourses, and you'll see the blasphemy stuff in there. So it's a dangerous cult to deny all the essential doctrines, the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection, the atonement. And, Brother Gary, you want to add anything to it, too? Because you used to uh, go with me. Uh, you went with me that time you came by the Fillmore Center, uh, and you were there uh, with me when we I did a teaching and had some Mormons come in there, and that was like a real good training for you. And you were really blessed by that because they've had a, a real racist history, too, uh, around blacks uh, and until the civil rights groups started putting pressure on them. But you want to add something to that as well, Gary? I mean, you, you, you pretty well laid everything out. Um, but I think it's really important that there's such a misconception when it comes to Mormonism that so many uh, 
folks think of them in the same respect as the Christian church, but they are not. They use the same language and the same words, but they, those words have different meaning. And, and so it's really important that you understand the distinction between the two, as Jermaine uh, uh, had requested in his his question, because they are different. But most of, most of the uh, the secular world views Mormonism as the same as uh, the Christian Church, but they are not. Mm-hmm. Amen. Good good points. Yeah. Good points. Appreciate that. All right. I believe we have uh, Brother Craig. Brother Craig, how are you doing? We've got about a minute, so we've got to do it quick here. Yeah, I'm going to give him some Hello. good minute information. Brother Craig, yeah, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Um, question about Halloween. Um, it seems like Halloween is so freaky out there. It's like all year round now. But, um, you know, I was driving past the house the other day, and this guy had out there a bunch of skeletons uh, sitting in chairs and stuff. Uh I, I think it's you know it's it's obviously it's it's gotten more demonic and uh, I don't know what do you think, Doctor? Oh Parker? yeah, definitely. It, and it's it was demonic from the origin, you know, when it way back with the Druids and stuff like that, and when they would disguise themselves as ghosts and hobgoblins and stuff like that to uh, placate the spirits, and so the spirits would not recognize them. So it's been demonic from the get-go. I want to recommend something that uh, I did, uh, Gary and I, and then Gary put on the Vincent Price voice. Uh, We did a CD uh, on Halloween. We all play that. And I can also get that to you because it's a tremendous one. But I want to say this, that we should be a tremendous witness, even in the face of the skeletons and all of that, because God has called us to be the light in a dark world, the salt in a world that's decaying. So I encourage people to get out there with tracks and witness. And when people come to your door, give them a track with some candy, uh, a Christian track, and Christian churches should set up a time to witness to people as they come by and stuff like that. There's so many different ways that we can uh, be the salt and light rather than just looking at the evil we got the god has given us power over the evil but if you contact us gary will give the number again if you contact us i can send that a, a, a copy of that cd to you uh, they're about ten dollars but i can get that to you and that'll really bless you and we're going to be playing that sometime when it gets closer to halloween as well but unfortunately our time is almost up so we can dialogue some more on this next week if you call a little bit earlier okay thank you you got it. God bless you, brother. Thank you for your call. God bless you, Gary. All right. All right. Well, it's been a very dynamic show. And I guess, you know, we do have some time between now and October 31st to entertain more questions and, and uh, comments regarding Halloween. And who knows, maybe we'll even get to play that uh, specific program, a blast from uh, contending for the faith past, shall we say. <laughs> oh yes yeah. you, everybody that's listening to us now uh you think uh vincent price had something uh, a voice wait until you hear gary bell's voice uh, on that. <laughs> uh, we, we really don't want to scare anybody up. <laughs> amen it's <before> time <laughs> yeah there you go uh that's true uh-huh 
Uh, it's a right. tremendous CD. I think you'll be really blessed by the the uh, intro, but also the meat of it is when I break down the history and things the church can do. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, PO Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.